Hey everybody, welcome to Multi Multi. This is Joe Crab. I am here with Miss Mrs. I'm sorry. Kimberly Schuler. Get it right. You married me, Joe. I didn't actually uh, marry you. No, I performed the ceremony. <laughs> yes, yeah. There we go. Like, you officiated our like, wedding. Joe and Kim are married. Yes. <laughs> t- uh, she didn't take his name. It's <laughs> got awkward real Kim quick. Kim is a strong, independent person. Yeah, this is a great way to start the episode, but I did have the privilege and honor of performing your wedding ceremony. Yes, yeah. that you did. Kim, and you did it quickly so we could get out of the heat. So yes. thank you for that. Kim's husband and I have been best friends for the better part of a decade. Kim and I have managed not to kill each other for the better part of a decade. <laughs> <laughs> As we work together. No, Kim and I love each other. We do. Uh, but yeah, it was. you guys married in the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. And it was ridiculously hot out. And at one point I look over and your husband is like shaking his hand like he wants me to cut it off <laughs> and i'm like i thought he was about to faint oh god uh, it was he was just he was trying to get the sweat to roll down his <laughs> yes. arm because it was pulling on his shoulders or whatever but yeah so all that to say guys life comes at you fast it comes at you quick here mm. we are in the new year 2019 Woo-hoo! we are glad to be here with you guys we've got a bunch of exciting things going on uh this year this year we'll hold the multi-summit uh yes in us. march yes march whoop, 25th whoop. through 27th uh brent squires who's been leading this up in conjunction with the leadership network was on the show uh with us you know last week and it talked about um just just the the summit itself, the heart behind it, what he's hoping to have, all the amazing communicators who are going to be a part of that. Gave us a nice promo code. So if you are looking for a discounted rate to multi-summit here in March. Exclusive to our multi-multi listeners. Yes, and only to you. It is Joe. That's right, folks. (laughs) J-O-E. You know, if your budget year is ending soon or you're looking to get something approved for the upcoming budget year, um... Yeah, let's make that happen. But it's going to be an incredible time, guys. Do not miss out uh, on that. Uh, but let's, uh, it's going to be a great event. And that's what mm-hmm. we're going to talk about here today, actually. We're going to talk about events. So it's just Kim and I, EJ, uh, is not with us in the studio today. Um, but with us in spirit. Always with us in spirit, folks. You know that he loves you guys. Um, but uh, let's just chat real quick about events. Uh, events, um, you know, they happen Every year for everybody, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, they seem to make the world go around uh, for some. And uh, I've even found when churches say that they're not event driven, that doesn't mean that they don't necessarily have events. Right. Um, and so multi-site, that world um, kind of, you know, kind of brings its own nuances when it comes to events. Uh, and for our context, we do both campus specific events and multi-site events. Mm-hmm. So, Kim, which one do you want to start with? I know that this is a multi-site podcast, but because we're a multi-site church, even if somebody's just doing a campus-specific event, there's still some multi-site uh, attributes uh, right. for it and everything. Or collaboration so, amongst that. Very Absolutely. much so. So, let's, let's talk about it. So, we do campus-specific events and multi-site events. A lot of these are decided on like um, during our all our student staff retreat or you know the rhythms 
through our calendar. A lot of our events also are derived from annual events that we consistently do okay. um, as how we decide it. Um, but are you you wanting to get down into the planning and into just the processes behind specific events? Let's start philosophy. Philosophy. Yeah, the principle. Why do we do events? We do events so that students are able to bring their friends into a place um, that they may not come outside of, um, you know, if they were to come to a church on Sunday, they they're, they may not be as likely to come yeah. to church on Sunday. So we want to provide an opportunity for students to engage their friends in a place, in a safe place, to have fun and hear about Christ. Yep. And so we desired that place to happen within our events. Mm-hmm. And so we ultimately drive our events by fun, um, but with a purpose, yep. right? Yep. Um, Jesus name the gospel is always mentioned at every event Um, some events hold more weight to really sharing more of a message or teaching Um, but primarily it is more of a five to ten minute uh, just display of the love of Christ and why we do what we do as a ministry and why we love having them here and that they belong here Some of the language that we use for that is that we love to say, hey, we want to create a positive experience within the church for our students and their friends uh, and give them an opportunity to spend some time having fun with students who love Jesus. So Mm -hmm. people who look and sound just like them, but uh, who maybe are a little bit different uh, for no other reason the fact that their life has been changed by the gospel uh, and for them to connect with leaders and everything. So um, and we do. We're very, you know, we're very straightforward with our students as well uh, that, hey, there's going to be a message. And generally speaking, I mean, the message uh, ties into what the event is. So mm-hmm. uh, one of our events recently called Glow Oasis, our Glow in the Dark event, we've talked about it before in the podcast. Um, the message that night was a short, you know, seven minute you know, message, uh, seven to 10 minutes. And we're talking about how Jesus is the light in the darkness. Uh, there in the past, we have done some where there have been responses and so on and so forth. We've moved away from that over the last couple of years and more so look to create space for students just to have conversation or ask questions or pray with someone. A positive experience inside the church. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of the philosophy behind our events, obviously for students to want to invite their friends out as well. Uh, and so I think that one of the key things there that we look to do with any of our events, whether campus specific or multi-site events is make sure that they're great because great events build trust. Yes. Uh, if your events are garbage, uh, and they're not intentional or they're not excellent and you're not evaluating them and you're not getting students input and everything, uh, there's a, there might be a reason why then your mm-hmm. students don't want to bring their friends because they have to trust you that they, their friends are going to have a positive church experience. And I think that's probably why with events specifically, we probably should start at that campus level because what you okay. just said there was, um, you know, getting the students input. So across our campuses, most of the campuses or some of the campuses have like a student lead team where they gain a lot of that input or ideas. And a lot of our great events and games and opportunities have actually come out of those times together with the students to provide a great 
element atmosphere for the students at large at an event. And so I'm thinking about like, hey, you guys just did your Christmas parties. Do we want to do you want to talk about maybe one of those um, in the past that you guys have done at the Troy campus that have been derived from either students um, idea or how you as a campus collaborate with all other campuses too within yeah. those events. Yeah, there's actually a few things I was thinking about uh, that I think would be good for the listeners to hear and, and answering that question as well. Uh, one is that our campus-specific events, when do they happen in a calendar year? Mm-hmm. Uh, some might be asking that. Is that when we plan out our calendar, we usually look to, you know, we kind of know our rhythm. And so we look to say, okay, we do a campus-specific middle school main event. That's what we call main events. Uh, in October, you know, mm-hmm. sometime within like the first two or so weeks of October, we do the Christmas events uh, right here. It's usually always our last night of programming before we go on Christmas break for both middle school and high school. Um, separate events in my context, but uh, they Some happen combined. in the same week. Yeah. Uh, and so we do. We kind of just look at that rhythm. Now, mm-hmm. at, for a campus, a campus does have the freedom to do additional events Um if it fits within the philosophy of who we are as a student ministry with the church and everything, um, our events, our campus events generally always land on the same day of our meetings. So if we meet on Wednesday nights for middle school, every middle school campus specific event I have meets on a Wednesday night. It happens on a Wednesday night. Um, And so we are given uh, some freedom within that where it's like, oh, should I do this event October 9th or October 16th? It's like, hey, either way, you have a six-week time period, and we've been kind of talking about this for the next year in the calendar. Like, hey, you have a six-week time period. You got a five-week series. So if you want to do it at the end of September or mid-October, whenever it might be, you have the freedom to do so. Because we also realize that at campuses, they also have their own rhythms yep. within that. Yeah. And so we want to be mindful and Yeah, flexible. the campus at large may be doing Correct. something big. I think of our White Lake campus, who they do a big fall family thing every year. Same thing with our Lake Orion campus. They do a big like barn party with all of their people on a different night. But you may not want to be doing a large-scale campus-specific middle right. school event on the Wednesday before the large-scale campus campus event right on that Saturday uh, because you're gonna have you know other responsibilities now the other thing is is that they don't have to um, do the same event we don't have to do the same event across campuses correct we have before and I mean we're all doing Christmas parties but some are doing cozy Christmas some are doing fancy Christmas mm-hmm. some are doing ugly sweater because it's 2008 in their head still <laughs> um, you know Character Christmas from different movies. Yeah, we've done that before. I think we shared that uh, before. Like we did one where it says, "Hey, dress up as your favorite characters from movies." Or groups did it. They yep. had they took a Christmas movie and they dressed up as the characters from it, which is awesome. Um, but you know, we don't have to all do the same event. Uh, man, what event did I do this past October? I just blanked on that hard. I'm trying to remember. You guys did the sock up? Yes, we did a sock up. We did a 1950s like style event and everything. Whereas again, other people were doing like a barn party Mm -hmm. uh, and so on. So like we have the freedom to choose which one we do. But at the same time, when we do the same one, 
that's when we collaborate. Yes. So a lot of times we'll share with each other, you know, especially at our calendaring, like when we're doing our calendar and everything. Yeah, this is the event that I'm doing and we'll share resources. So like yeah. even for Christmas, one of our guys just dropped the playlist that he used for his Christmas party and everything. Um, so we'll, we'll share all that, but it's not an expectation that we're all running the reindeer ring toss, yeah. you know, tonight and everything. And we, over the years, the different main events that we've done, we also have a bunch of resources still in our library yeah, that, archives, yeah. that we often pick up and use. Yeah. Um, one that I think of is like the murder mystery night or the... Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we call it um, mystery because murder is a sin, but whatever. Yes, you know. exactly. <laughs> Although thievery generally. <laughs> but any campus now can go back and they want to do that mystery night. We call it whodunit. They can utilize the resources. Mm -hmm. So that usually means there's a graphic, there's a small group leader brief, um, which I love because I always pull up my old like small group leader yep. briefs and everything and look and see, oh, okay, like, yeah, we did this game. This is how that night went. Um, tonight, uh, excuse me, we're recording this in December just so people are aware. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like when I do my Christmas, when we do a big like photo scavenger hunt all throughout the, the building. So I'm able to pull up years past, edit it, add new things, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So that is where some of that collaboration starts to come in or even sharing ideas. My students came up with this idea. I know you guys are planning on doing this event. Maybe you want to add an element that's similar to what our students brought up. And so, mm -hmm. you know, events that we have done, like even tonight, the games that we're going to play were the theme for the Christmas party. Uh, where um, our theme for our Christmas party is Cozy Christmas. And that was all from our students. You know, they came up with, uh, our middle school students, they came up with what they wanted to do and what games they wanted to play and so on and so forth. And so we just kind of took that, ran with it. Uh, and it's great because now they come early. They're going to help set up. They're going to be, you know, invested in it because they're like, oh, we have a part of, of this. They've got ownership. And in the event that we're going to do in March, um, come our first student leadership meeting here in the new year, we're going to, they already know, they're planning the entire event. That's I don't even awesome. have an event yet. They're coming up with the idea. They're going to come up with the games. They're going to run the games that night. They're going to host that night. So it will be... Student leadership just got real. It got real, <laughs> folks. So that's kind of like a campus-specific. I feel like maybe I answered your question, took a little bit of time to get there of like, you know, some of those other events that we've done in the past. We've done a Night of Talent, mm -hmm. which has had a heavy student involvement. Um, but that's kind of some of that collaboration piece as well. Like, yeah. if we're all going to do a Night of Talent in March, or like four of us are doing it, we need to be communicating, oh, here's the graphic. Here's what our night's going to look like. Here's the other, like, crowd games we're going to play in between acts and everything. But right. um, I feel like it's worked well for us. I think there's definitely times where it's a win if we're all doing the same event. Uh, but I feel like it's been, um, it's worked well because it does give you the freedom to, it does give you the freedom to do what like your students want to get that live feedback yeah. from them. Um, the only other things I'll say about campus specific events, we have the non-compete clause. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you have the event in October, a campus specific event, and we have our multi-site event for middle school, the glow in the dark party in November, 
We don't allow the campuses to do a black light neon glow in the dark party in October for their campus specific right. event. Or any of the same type of activities that we will be running that evening. Yeah. Some yeah. of the stuff that you can like kind of prime the pump for more or less, um, you know, get them familiar like we do um, with some songs for like a retreat, right? You want to yeah. get them familiarized if there's going to be something new introduced. Yeah. But you don't want to blow some surprises or create an event that is going to be the exact same event that's going to be had a month later. Yeah, and we've realized that even in a multi-site level where we were doing an event at the end of at the beginning of May and then realized we were doing another event in mid-June, both multi-site events. And they were very similar. They were very similar. <laughs> we're like, okay, we need to change this up. So we didn't just Frankenstein the event. We took those two events and turned them into one monster event. Yep. Now, so And it gives us the space and opportunity to then just do that one event well instead of spread ourselves thin and do two events. So close to one another and yeah. everything. So, so that's kind of like on a campus and um, what our events look like. Uh, and then... Um, oh, I would say this much. High school, a lot of our campuses run their events the same way. Uh, for myself this year, um, I, I essentially just stole from Justin Knowles of the DYM uh, Youth Ministry Hacks podcast uh, out in CCV, uh, where they, you know, they run their night as normal and they do their event afterward. And so that's what I've been doing for our high schools. What we did summer, middle school and high school, uh, every night the summer we had a regularly scheduled program, um, which was just worship and teaching. We didn't do small groups in the summer. And then we did an event afterwards. So like tie-dye, uh, we did a luau, we did all these like just a lot of them were just like fun, intentional things to mm -hmm. afterwards. Oh, we're going to have ice cream and do, you to know, do sparklers. And and, yeah. Um, but that's we took that same philosophy uh, and this like the same branding. Uh, we call them one nights, just like uh, Justin uh, Justin has. Um, and I, I wrote him a nice message and said, "Thanks, bro. Like, this has worked so well for our community." But we do yeah. a normal night of our high school gathering, worship, teaching, and small groups uh, with our model. So visitors, guests, friends go into small group that night and we queue up our leaders. We kind of say, hey, let's shift up the focus for group tonight. Um, this is kind of what you want to be. Be very mindful of, you know, all the, the new people who might be in your group. Don't single them out. So um, that gets all sent out to them. But, yeah, we... Uh, we just roll with the event afterwards. We did a flannel fest, uh, so like hay rides, bonfires, all that stuff, and then we did a Christmas party and everything, featuring a train. So uh, we did train rides throughout the entire church. So nice, yeah, it was fun. Uh, so uh, so yeah, that's what we've got uh, going on. So that's what campus-specific events. That's what it looks like. Multi-site events. Yeah. Talk us a bit about multi-site events, Kim. Multi-site events. What's the purpose? We hear about the purpose of a campus-specific event. Is it a similar purpose for multi-site events? I would say so, yes. Um, philosophy and purpose behind it is, again, to engage those friends um, in, in a place where they can hear about Christ and be around others who know Christ as well and just experience that love. And so we we do it at a larger scale in bringing all our campuses in. Now they there are some events that are yellow light and there are some events that are red light. Um, so if we go back to when we 
talked about our game plan and briefs a um, couple months ago. Um, Yale Light campuses have the opportunity to opt in or opt to own. So um, some of our multi-site events um, are that of Gloasis that we spoke to a little bit. Um, we've got a block party that usually kicks off our summer. And um, we've got other events spread throughout, overnighters, sixth grade sleepovers, and ninth grade um, sleepovers, those milestone transitions. And so those different events um, can be opt-to-own. And then there's red light events um, that are very, those um, I would say more of are the mission trip, not necessarily even events, but um, retreats. Um, so there's very few red light, if any, uh, red light events. We don't have any red light multi-site events anymore. We used to, um, but yeah, we kind of got rid of like the fun, like right. red. We've made it more. We've made them yellow lights. Correct. Um, but even within that, I would say, I mean, for our middle school main event, the glow in the dark one, we probably had. We had just about every campus represented. Yeah. Yes. That has a student ministry staff member. Correct. On it. So. Yep. Um, so so yeah, it's the same thing. The, I think the big thing we use this for all of our events. We always want to be strategic with an event and using it as an opportunity to launch something else. They're like, hey, you love this, guys. This is also coming up. Looking at the scope and sequence of the entire year and yep. how we can build into the next big thing or the next thing to bring a friend to. Yeah. So like you're probably going to say Gloasis and Oasis Winter Experience. Yep. So we use that November main event for that multi-site main event. That's the night that we announced that our winter retreat, what we call our winter experience, registration is open. Yep. And so then, you know, they leave that night with a winter experience card. We show them a promo video from years past and everything. So those guests as well, they're like, oh, man, I had a ton of fun tonight. I love spending time with my friends. I got to know their leader. Um, and I like I'm I'm want to do this again. That'd be dope. And we also give away um, free registration yep. that night as well. So uh, we do when we do events holistically. Um, especially on the multi-site event, we always do a visitors only like prize, like giveaway. And we do a prize trunk. We stock up our prize trunk with everything from unicorn heads to slime to t-shirts and all that stuff. And we, we pull out the name of a student. We don't just pull out the visitor. We pull out who brought them. Mm. So, you know, you, what gets uh, rewarded gets repeated. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so those students who brought a friend, cause they did like, they also, they, they're the ones who invited them. And I know that they're excited that their friend was there, but we want to give them something as well. So for the, the registration for winter experience, uh, a visitor may not want to come in and of themselves by themselves. Uh, and maybe their friend is coming, but now we know that their friend is for sure coming, their friend who's right. plugged in regularly into our ministry, and it gives an opportunity for us to work with that parent to bridge the gap to the the friend's parent uh, and everything to get them on board with being there uh, for the winter retreat and everything. And so, so um, I don't know, some of you guys listening might do just like visitor giveaway. I would say whenever you do that, also give a prize to the friend who brought them. It's just adding an additional line into yeah. any sort of card that they fill out. Um, so that way, you know, they're included in it and you know who it is. And yes, there have been times where two people brought that friend and we gave it 
to the to both, both of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, there was teamwork. Well, and it's celebrating, you know, as a church family too, right? Uh, not only the visitor and welcoming them, but also the student as a part of the community, you know, for others to see that as an example. Now, in regard to multi-site events, uh, we have traditionally held them on a campus. Yep. Um, I think for high school, there have been some times we've done some uh, like a movie theater takeover and kind of like a, like a strolling event where we, we went to one place and got on buses, went to another right. place and so on. But primarily they are at campuses. So chat a little bit about some of those like the ins and outs, the logistics of, um, you know, transportation, budget, all that stuff coming to one central location. Uh, now with there being central and Troy being separate, where it's not a main campus model, right? Like things like, um, so our, our November event was here at Correct. the Troy campus. So it's like, okay. Um, there's an extra burden on the building and the staff or there could be. So some right. of those like. Well, and who nuances. does the reservations yeah. and all who of does the behind the, the scenes Who stuff. does the setup, everything. Yeah. So give us um, some of that that high level leadership logistics end of things. I know some people are. That just we're still figuring out. Some people are <laughs> salivating over this right yes. now. They've got that pen and paper ready and they're like, oh, I'm going to take so many notes. And guess what? You better. Here comes the knowledge. <laughs> So, I mean, we start planning three, four, five months out um, as a team. And from that, yes, a lot of um, reservations and organization has to take place. So Reservations in a good way, not like, oh, I have reservations oh, about this. Yes, absolutely. But like uh, reserving minibuses. Correct. We have minibuses here, reserving the rooms for the campus. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we have a whole system that is set up within our church to reserve um, not only campus space, but our transportation. That's also where our communication and IT requests to go through um, for our central support. And so I have to go in there and reserve all the space here at the Troy campus if that is where the event is taking place. I have to reserve all the minibuses. Now, why do you do all of that? Because I'm the central director of students. Is there no, a, a benefit to you doing it, though, as opposed to like, hey, if I'm, a, I'm, I'm at the Warren campus, why am I not reserving my own minibus? Yeah, so some I people think, are going to ask that right, question. Yeah. Right. So um, and that honestly crossed my mind all the time just because of logistics. It puts more logistics on me at times, but it also centralizes communication, the touch point person for the central support teams. Right. So facilities, instead of getting 10 requests all for the different buses, I can put in one entire request and then they have a touch point person, it being me, that they can then go ask the questions to instead of seeing, all right, all these 10 different requests for the same event, but all the different campuses. And then you have all the different touch point people um, that if there's a conflict or something wrong with the reservation, then they're following up with more than one person where I can just put in a blanket request for all the the rooms or buses, whatever it may be, 
and then have the get those questions or answers for the facilities team if they need to. One of the things that I've noticed within that with transportation specifically is that, you know, if a guy went in and reserved it themselves, they might be like, man, I'm going to have a ton of students at this. And they reserve three minibuses, 45 seats, and they do some signups and all that stuff. And then they're like, oh, I only got 15. So I only need one minibus. And then they get an email from somebody saying, hey, I see that you had three minibuses reserved. Can you relinquish one? And they might be like, yeah, go for it. Where there's another guy at another right. campus who they only have one minibus, but now they have 25 students coming. So they need another minibus and they could just go to that you know, other person. Right. But now they can't because they give it up to the knitters club and so on <laughs> and so forth. So like I, you're right, having one person, because even when I just said, complicated and confused people oh absolutely like, they uh, didn't follow that they were just more focused on that woodside still has a knitters club yeah oh we do they make <laughs> phenomenal scarves just check out their etsy shop um but uh yeah so it does it does simplify some things and so talk about um if you have anything else for like transportation or central stuff a budget even yep. this year what some of those guys did in regards to providing transportation yeah. something new that we even did with like an increased cost for that so right so as joe was sharing too it also just allows us to use our resources more um as a team and better aligned so knowing that again if can't i i hear the needs of the campuses and then i can better organize the transportation or hey we need to rent more buses um, you know, it all is filtered through one person. And so with the budgets, um, similar stuff, it's all centralized, but we do ask our campuses at the beginning of the budget year to budget $5 per student for these multi-site events. And that just helps attribute to the cost of how many students end up coming from their campus. Um, Although that is changing. It, it, Maybe. it's our desire for that yeah. to change. Um, and you guys hear that tone? That's what I call Kim's politically correct tone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you may have heard. Um, it's more or less, there's been nothing fully decided, but that has been what's proposed um, by some, but it has to be approved yeah. by leadership. And so that's what, my tone. Yeah. So what <laughs> it is, is that, you know, in years past, we have set, we have budget lines that are for multi-site events on a campus level. Because I'm thinking I'm going to have 200 students, so I need to budget a thousand dollars for this Correct. event. And the thought is of taking that money that I would propose in budget, um, and you know, just it going right over to central, which essentially it does. Anyways, I had 200. I, everything I budgeted for this past event um, all went to central. All went there, anyways. And actually, right. in some regard, um, I owe you money because I didn't have enough money to. Um, I didn't have enough money to uh, to cover all my costs. So there is that end of it. But I didn't mention the, the transportation cost increase or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Was going to touch on that. And so in seeing just the need for transportation too across the campuses, um, as well as being diligent with the fact that we only have a set amount of minibuses. Um, so to rent a school bus, to rent a minibus, like that extra cost is there. But our campus guys hit. Um, proposed an idea this past uh, year in one of our meetings of making it so that 
when students go to register for these multi-site events and they're providing transportation, if they want to reserve a spot on the bus to the events, it is an extra $2 for that student to help cover costs um, for just the transportation holistically, uh, but also to reserve their spot so that student director can better plan uh, how many students are actually going to be on the bus so that they can make sure they entirely fill that bus. Yeah, so it was nice because, again, just like, again, what you get kids who we've had that happen before. They sign up, then they don't show up, and they right. didn't have to pay beforehand. Right. And you ended up renting a bus because other guys needed many so buses. you have so many students sign up or, or show up just randomly, and you don't have enough spots for them. Yeah. Right? So how do you do a good job of just being diligent of, what you've been given or what you have. Yeah, and not shoot yourself in the foot. Right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, uh, we've kind of hit on some pretty key things. We didn't get, you know, gotten into some weeds there with campus-specific events, multi-site events. As we get ready to wrap here, um, as we're, we're, we're winding down, um, any, any last thoughts on events, logistics, any questions that, that pop up in your head? And, of course, as Kim ponders, um, as always, guys, as you hear things, I know that when I'm listening to podcasts, I hear things, I stop, I take notes, and I have questions. We love when you guys send those questions our way. Uh, you can DM us or message us on any social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all multi-multi-pod. You can also email us at multi-multi-podcast at gmail.com. Uh, but yeah, reach out. We would love to, to chat more at the events about uh, with you guys. Um, but yeah, Kim, any uh, yeah. anything holistically there? I do. Um, you know, in talking about the visitor drawing and just getting those visitors plugged into that next big thing, right? Um, being strategic in the overarching um, rhythms and wanting to make sure that there's always something for that visitor to come back to. Um, what is, and I'm asking this to the audience. Ooh, I like it. Listen um, up, punks. <laughs> Sorry, that was rude. <laughs> um, what is your guys' strategy when it comes to visitors coming to a multi-site or all-campus event um, in following up with those visitors and guests and making sure that, yes, we could plug them into a retreat or, you know, give them a free weekend there, but making sure that they are there at the next programming night or at the next small group hangout or, you know, whatever that may be. What is your follow-up process? Because that is something we're still very much working on um, and doing better at, mm -hmm. um, making sure that there's a postcard in the mail to them right th either that night or a couple days later or that they go walk away with a visitor bag that night as well with information about here's when we meet, a calendar, a coupon for the snack shack or free item. Um, but we want to just hear how it has been successful in your space of following up with visitors or just making sure that they have that on-ramp to get plugged in. Right. And the, the most recent multi-site event we did, I love that we did because it was a glow-in-the-dark event that all the, all the guests, all the visitors, on the front end received like a, a gift that was just for them we gave them like these sweet glow-in-the-dark hats mm -hmm. um, and so they were able to rep glow even more and then we all knew 
who those people were. Absolutely. And at the end of the night, we gave them something campus specific. They all got a bag, but we put like campus specific information in those bags. So that way, like they left, they got a gift when they first came. They had an opportunity to be in the prize like thing. And then they got, you know, uh, an intentional gift when they left that night. So even at the beginning of the night, they weren't walking around with a bag. Right. The rest of the night and leaving it and everything. So, uh, but then, yeah, beyond that, now that you have the information, how are you following up? How are you mobilizing small group leaders right. and so on? And students within that too, yeah. because they're the ones who initially brought them and who have the relationship. So working through the students and what that looks like, how can we best partner and support and resource the students? Uh, yeah, and the last thing I would say, as we've talked about the future of events from a multi-site standpoint, our multi-site events, uh, is that we are looking at beginning to move our multi-site events to hubs. Mm -hmm. And so looking at those campuses that are large enough in regards to building size that could be, would be able to host like that glow in the dark night. And so we've talked about, you know, is it all on the same night? Is some of it on that Friday, some of that Saturday and everything for setup in the campus or whatever. But, you know, we have, you know, kind of these, you know, three, I would say right off that three campuses, that we're like, this is, we have, you know, three or four campuses in this area. Mm-hmm. So this is a campus that's the largest one that could host that event. They should all go there. Right. These, these three or four campuses will all go to Troy. These three or four campuses will all go to Lake Orion. Right. It allows us to do more, reach more people, uh, cut down some logistics in regards to transportation, get them tied in directly to that campus or like get more students on that actual campus. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, it's this past year, we almost hit 500 students at that event. Right. 500 students at an event can be logistically very, very difficult. Yes. Because um, you got a lot of kids waiting in line, so it can diminish experience and so on. There's great with critical mass, but we've seen these, these events where, you know, when they started, they had 250, 300. There was a great critical mass there. Absolutely. Uh, but that's kind of the future of our multi-site events is... Um, getting them more on campuses, we get more students on campuses, get more buy-in from those campuses and those areas. And so, uh, yeah, I mean. So if you do this, let us know how you do it. Yeah, I'm not not pitching it like this is the best idea. Like, we're the only ones who are thinking about this. Right. If you, it's just a thought that came up. If you're doing it, we'd love to hear from you guys. Right. um, That does it, you guys. Thanks for sticking it out with us as we chat at events and all that good stuff. Um, It is a pleasure to to do this with you guys, to hear from you guys. Uh, Until next time, we'll uh, we'll see you later. Adios. Hello, multi-multi listeners. My name is Brent Squires, and I'm a fellow youth pastor and the host of an upcoming event that the crew here at Multi-Multi have been talking about the past few months. It's an event called Multi-Summit. Multi-Summit is a gathering of youth workers who are doing student ministry in a multi-site context. If your church is doing or working towards multi-site ministry, you don't want to miss this event coming up in March. Expert presenters, including Woodside's very own Joe Crabb, E.J. Swanson, Kim Schuler, and Ben Hickson, will be leading discussions on a variety of multi-site student ministry topics and offering best practices so you come away equipped for fruitful ministry across multiple campuses. This is the most informative and affordable youth ministry event of its kind, but it's filling up very quickly. Because you're a faithful listener of the Multi-Multi podcast, if you use the code JOE, when registering, we'll give you an additional $50 off your registration. For more on Multi Summit, check out multisummit.org. That's multisummit.org.